Be Wealthy and Smart, episode 150. into a world of wealth and financial freedom without budgets, boredom, or bosses on Be Wealthy and Smart. And now, here's your host, Linda P. Jones. Welcome to Be Wealthy and Smart. I'm Linda P. Jones, America's Wealth Mentor, empowering women and men worldwide to financial freedom. On today's show, we have a special treat. A wonderful woman, one of my friends, Pamela Mitchell, is here to talk about reinvention. Pamela has been called the queen of reinvention by no less than Fortune magazine. She's a former entertainment exec turned coach. And Pamela is founder and CEO of the Reinvention Institute and hosts her own podcast called The Liftoff Project, which is an excellent podcast. If you haven't already heard it, I highly recommend it. As the nation's premier expert in reinvention, Pamela has appeared on CBS, CNN, NPR, MSNBC, and The Today Show, and has been profiled and quoted in top publications, including The New York Times, Business Week, Time, Men's Health, and Real Simple. She's the author of The Ten Laws of Career Reinvention, Essential Survival Skills for Any Economy. Pamela and I talk about reinventing your career, talking about how to have success, how to find your passion, how to become an entrepreneur. And I know you're going to get a lot out of this. Here we go. Pamela, I'm so excited to have you on the show today. Welcome. Oh, thank you, Linda, so much for having me. I am thrilled to be here. Oh, well, it is so exciting to have you. I mean, you have been, oh my gosh, just everywhere in the media, so celebrated for your success and your book and everything. I can't wait to share with the listeners everything you have to to tell them. Oh, I'm really excited to give them the tools to make their own career reinvention happen. Very cool. Well, you know, nowadays it seems like people are getting laid off. There's uh, fewer jobs. We keep hearing about, you know, employment is really rough for people. How can people, like, where do they start in terms of reinvention? Or maybe just start with telling us what reinvention means. What What does that mean? Well, that's a great question because... Sometimes people believe that reinvention means leaving everything that you have behind and starting over. The typical story in the media is the person left their job and became a goat cheese farmer in Maine or something like that. And a lot of times when we hear that, we feel like, I can't do that or I don't want to just leave everything behind. So the important thing to understand around reinvention is that what it means is it's a creative way to put your career together to create a life that you want and that you love. So that may mean making a wholesale radical shift, or it may mean taking just a few things and tweaking it a little bit. But whatever it is, it's really meant to take you through the ages and stages of your life. Because just as you said, Linda, things are are challenging for people right now. We can't rely on corporations to be the paternalistic organization that takes care of us throughout our entire careers. This idea that we go to a company, we're there for 30 years, we retire with a fat pension, that's over. doesn't exist. So 
what reinvention does is it gives us the power to craft our own career and to respond to what's happening both within companies, whether they're going through their own changes, or whatever happens in the marketplace. So if an industry that you've been in is now starting to go through a downswing, you can repackage your skills and talents and make a move so that you're always secure. So I like to call reinvention a form of life insurance for your job. <laughs> Ooh, that's really interesting. And I love that you say it's about, you know, living a life that you love because that is so important because, you know, many of us are taught just do the job that's going to pay you the most money or take this career because, you know, being a lawyer will pay a lot and and people hate being a lawyer. You know, my husband was a lawyer. He hated being a lawyer, but mm-hmm. that was what the family expected and that was, you know, because of income and things like that. So how do people separate when they've been looking at things for money and how much money they can make, how can they really like turn that and find their passion and connect with that? Because a lot of people tell me they don't know what their passion really is. Well, you know, there are two questions in there. The first piece, I think, is the whole money piece and our relationship with money as it relates to work. Now, the thing about work is that it is a means to deliver the life that we want. And so, you know, we've kind of mixed it up a little bit in that sometimes what we need and what we want are two different things, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And so we have to be able to really distinguish what our true wants are. And many times the the quote-unquote items in our lives that, that we think are necessary really are because of the feelings that we think that will come to us from having those items. So what's important to understand is what I call your money signifier, what money represents to you, whether it's freedom or uh, security or power, whatever it is, figure out what money represents to you as it relates to your career. And even those words are still very big concepts. So security, what does security mean to you? Does that mean just having enough money in the bank so that if something happens tomorrow, you're okay? Does it mean getting a paycheck every week? I mean, it's different for every person. But the key is for you to understand as the listener, um, as our listeners are doing, what it means for you. And then what you can do from a job perspective is really make sure that you craft your work so that it delivers that piece. Because the thing is, is if we're not getting what we want out of it, meaning that security or that freedom or that power, then we're unhappy. And even though we might be, quote unquote, following our passion, if we're still not getting what's important to us on the other side, it doesn't matter how much passion we have. You get what I'm saying here? Mm -hmm. It's It's like a myth that our passion is enough to fulfill us 100%. Just like it's a myth that money is enough to fulfill us 100%. Mm-hmm. We really need to mix both. But the key is to understand that money is a tool and it's not the goal. It's the experience of our lives. It's the feeling that we want to have. It's 
what we want to be remembered for, those are the things that really matter. And we use money as a tool and our job as a tool to create those. So that's kind of the the way to, to really look at it. I don't know if I answered your question there, but at least I said something that was important for people to really understand. Well, yeah. And I, the older I get, the more it's about contribution and making a contribution, mm-hmm. you know, for me. But uh, and, and I think that's what you're saying, too. And so how do people connect in with their passion? Okay, good question. A couple of things that people can do that I bring up when I'm coaching people or I'm running classes, there are some questions that you can ask yourself that will help you uncover what your passions are. And first of all, I just want to say, uh, for those of you who are listening, feeling like, oh my God, I don't know what my passion is. It's not something that's necessarily one thing for your entire life. We evolve as people and our passions evolve. So the thing that may have excited you, thrilled you in your 20s or 30s doesn't necessarily need to do uh, be the same thing as in your 50s and 60s. You can evolve as a person. So it's really more about what is your passion in this moment and how do you want to relate to it? So one of the key questions that I bring up as a coaching, a self-coaching question is what feels easy. And by that, I mean, what do you feel is this skill, this talent that you have that is as natural as breathing? So people always call you for whatever this is, right? It's that thing that people just naturally pick up the phone and say, hey, you know, what about this? And you're thinking in your head, doesn't everybody know this? Well, the answer to that is no, they don't. That is one of the clues for your passion. Uh, Another question that you can ask yourself or look to observe within yourself or what are your inexhaustible interests? And that is, what is that topic that there's no end for you? Like you could talk about it forever. You could read about it forever. You could watch videos on it forever. And you still want to know more and more and more. That is another signpost for what your passion might be. I think that's great because we, we do seem to be oblivious to it. And people say it's like the nose on your face. You can't see it. But when people are really good at things, they don't really know what their talent is. Mm-hmm. And looking at what books you like to read and, and things like that and videos you watch, I think that's a really good uh, source of what is your real, what is your interest? What are you like just thirsting for knowing more about? And you probably already know a whole world about it, but you're just wanting to know more all the time. That's right. Matter of fact, I just got off an interview. Uh, I do these real-life reinvention stories on my podcast, The Liftoff Project, and I just got off uh, an interview with uh, someone who had a passion for wine. And while she was working her corporate job, she just always loved wine. Like It was just something that she was always taking classes in, reading about, whatever. And eventually, she decided that she was going to reinvent herself into a wine career. And that, in fact, is what she did. So just look to those things that you just truly love. And and here's the other thing I want to say about reinvention, uh, Linda, is that it's important to know that even though we hear these stories about leaving our lives and following our passion, that it's really more about integrating the passion into your life in some way, shape, or form. So sometimes it's about creating work in a way that it allows you to pursue your passion, not necessarily that your passion needs to become your work. Both of those are valid reinventions, right? Just crafting a job so you can pursue your passion. 
Like I had a client once who wanted to become a writer, but she had kids that were going into college. And where I talk about the needs of your lifestyle and that that has to be fulfilled as well as your own personal passions. And that if the two aren't happening, you're not happy. Well, if she left her job, she was a primary breadwinner, her husband was an entrepreneur, so she had the health insurance. If she left that job to become a writer, all of a sudden it would not be, she would not be happy because she wouldn't be fulfilling what she wanted to fulfill for her family, which was to make sure that her kids were okay through college and that they all had health insurance. So what she did is she worked her job. She went back and rearranged her job, talked to her boss, worked it out where she could take off one day a week. So she worked four days a week and at fifth day a week, she devoted to her writing. So that too is a reinvention. It's not always like, let me just leave and go off and do this other thing. I like that a lot because I, I'm a fan of side hustles. Mm. And, you know, when I started investing, I was working full time, but I was getting up early to do my side hustle. And, mm-hmm. you know, that eventually paid off. And I love for people to do that so that they aren't taking the financial risk yet. But mm-hmm. some people are coming from a place of being laid off, having to totally yep. start over in their career. So what would you say for them? Where can they start? Well, The beauty of today's economy, as stressful as it is, is that it allows uh, much more space for entrepreneurialism to come out. So we can create our own thing in a way that really has not been accessible as an independent person, I think, ever. Uh, So, And that's the power of the Internet. It's the power of being connected to large groups of people very easily. So the key really is to start to look at what can you do for your own entrepreneurial leanings, for example, like how can you create your own thing? One of my favorite things to do, Linda, is to talk to Uber drivers, right? (laughs) I just, I do, because I'm just interested in their story and how they came to do what they do. And without a Without fail, each one of them has something that uh, a story behind of what they used to do and now how they came to do this. And most of them love what they're doing because they're like, you know what? I have freedom. I'm able to create. So the key is, again, to look at what you want for your life. The Uber driver, what they want is they want flexibility. They want the ability to be able to work when they want, make money when they want, turn it off when they want. That's one version of being an entrepreneur. Another version is maybe you have a talent like some art or crafts, uh, working, creating things and then maybe selling them online through eBay or Etsy. That's another great way. Or if you've got a talent that you developed in your work career, if you've been in, uh, a manager in marketing, and then maybe you can become an independent consultant in marketing. Or if you've got great organizational skills, then you can become uh, an independent project manager. So there are lots of ways to take a look at the skills and talents that you have and how you can package them in a way that people will want to pay money for. And it's so exciting right now in the time that we live because becoming an entrepreneur has never been easier, never been less expensive. Right. It's just so exciting. I mean, I could people are talking about, you know, corporations going away or a lot of jobs going away to the point where this is a a real paradigm change and entrepreneurship is really the way of the future. Do you believe that? Well, you know, here's the thing is that you have to what we don't 
understand or what we've forgotten is that the modern corporate structure as we know it is actually a very recent thing. Mm -hmm. And I wrote about this in my book because it's really about the history of our relation to work. That's not what my book is about, but I, I think it was important for people to understand how we ended up where we are right now. And until most business was local, until the railroads allowed for business to be done uh, beyond the borders of a particular town or state. And when that happened, that's when the modern corporation started to be put into place because now people could no longer manage that broader business opportunity just within their own sort of little world. So they needed to add in layers of management to manage broader business interests. So we're really only talking by you know, the, the late 1800s by 1920 is when the modern corporate structure had become prevalent. That's really recent. Yes. You know, before that, we were all pretty much independent entrepreneurs, right? Mm -hmm. Farmers. Mm -hmm. Right, farmers, right. Mm -hmm. These are all entrepreneurs. So that's what we have to understand is that this is fairly new. And what we're now going to is realizing that just because we have been operating under this structure for however many years, a couple hundred years, doesn't mean that that is the only structure that's available to us. Because, again, it came up because we were now expanding beyond borders, but now what was only available to that corporate structure, which was that beyond border um, market because of the Internet, is now available to the individual. And the individual can can market to the entire globe, which is so exciting. Exactly. And the individual, I I just started running Facebook ads to to offer this free Career Reinvention 101 mini course that uh, helps people launch their reinventions. Well, this is only new in the past year or two that I, as a coach, could offer such a huge market my free mini course and reach that many people for an affordable price. Before that, only corporations could have the budget to reach that size of an audience in an effective manner. So it's really a time of opportunity for us if we can get creative about how to look at what we want to create as entrepreneurs for our own lives and then how we can reach the people that are interested in whatever it is we're offering. Yeah, because I think, you know, people aren't used to looking at what are their skills and talents? What is it that's marketable? What is it that someone might want from them? And that's what you've been talking about is that thing that's so easy for you. Mm -hmm. But it's never been as simple to, you know, create videos around that or to, to create audios or to create different courses, education. It seems like education is really where things are going to explode. Do you agree with that? I do agree with that. Uh, we have an insatiable need for more information. And I think that that is what keeps us evolving as a people. And people want that. And people are willing to pay for that, for quality information. I also think that we have an insatiable need for entertainment. So even if it's not necessarily educational, but you bring some interesting ideas to people or you know you make them laugh again we've always had a need for that but we've never had the reach 
Mm-hmm. I mean, and that's what's interesting. Or, you know, here's another um, really interesting business. Uh, one of my colleagues, his young son watches all these gaming channels on, on YouTube where basically they're videos of people playing video games. And this is a huge business. People make hundreds of thousands of dollars playing video games on video. That's right. Right. So there's all there are all these unique niches. And see, that's, I think, the opportunity, Linda, right now from an entrepreneurial standpoint, and this is what the internet allows us to do, is it allows us to reach that niche that has that same passion and then offer them something that they can potentially buy from us. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, I just think that there's going to be a total redefinition of, like you were saying, retirement, there's no pension anymore. So a lot of baby boomers are planning to work and don't plan to retire, period. And if you Mm -hmm. start a business and you really are doing what you love, I mean, you and I are like that, where we just love Mm -hmm. what we do. We enjoy it. We have a blast at it. It's creative. It's an outlet for us. We also are givers and want to make a difference in the world. And it's so fulfilling. I can't imagine wanting to stop And I hope that I can also automate things a lot so that maybe I don't have to put the time in in the future as much, but uh, it can be automated, but I'm still doing the work that I love. Is that how you feel too? I do. I really do. Um, I think the automation piece is really critical because that speaks back to the lifestyle piece of this. We love what we do. I love what I do. And I still wake up and I'm like, I get to do this. Wow. I get to help people. It's still a little bit of magic to me that I can actually make a living helping people create a life that they love, which is my mission. However, in order for me to create the life that I love, you know, I don't love working all the time. I need space as well. So it's important for me, and, and I know you feel this way too, to, to set up the structures around work so that we, again, get to have that, that space in that life. So automation is key. <laughs> That's right. And it makes it scalable too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you can really serve a large audience. And yeah, it's, it's exciting. Well, tell people, Pamela, how they can work with you more and what kinds of things they can learn from you. Well, you know, all kinds of ways, because again, I want to help people. My uh, book is called The 10 Laws of Career Reinvention, Essential Survival Skills for Any Economy. So definitely pick up the book. It's got great stories. It's got practical exercises. There's a workbook in the back of the book that lays out the first steps that you'll need to do for your reinvention. I also have a free mini course where it's a 75-minute audio that I actually walk you through the beginning steps of a reinvention along with a workbook as well. And you can visit Career Reinvention 101 to get that free mini course. And then in a couple of months, actually, I will be having a group. I haven't run a group in a long time, but I'm going to start doing that again. So if you take the course, you know, get the free mini course, then I can let you know also about when I actually will start working with people in a group to guide them through their own reinventions. Fantastic. And I will put links to all of that in the show notes on the website so people can find you easily as well. Wonderful. Thank you so much for being with us, Pamela. It's been a real joy to talk with you. Thank you, Linda, so much for having me. It's been awesome. My pleasure. Thank you for listening to Be Wealthy and Smart with Linda P. Jones. Share the wealth and tell your family and friends about the show. 
Check out our website, blog and social media for more riches at www.bewealthyandsmart.com.